And there have been a lot of Israelis who have gone back, not an official idea. Now, if you're whisking me off to the other one, pretty much. Okay, okay. got it, all right. Okay, no problem. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much, Dr. Schwaber, for that unbelievably inspiring video. So we, yeah, so I'll be. If there are further
Okay, so the ABF was, was in the 50s, uh, and started by a pediatrician actually. Uh, and uh, we have a bunch of different programs which I'll discuss. And uh, um, I talked about Stay Road. You can see here in the middle. This is us meeting outside with the kids. Um, and uh, Stay Road is one of our important places. Just a quick story. When we first decided to go to Stay Road, the, uh, we, we do these courses with the uh, uh, Ministry of Health and the military and the IDF and the Home Front Command. Okay? Um, and they thought, uh, Danny Lior, who's in charge of disaster preparedness for all of Israel, who works closely with us, um, decided that we really need to go to Stay Road to understand what's going on and how much bombings affects people. So we had a big meeting about it the night before, and I said, listen, when we signed up people, we didn't tell them we're going to Stay Road, which a few days before had 50 missiles. Okay? Um, and I said, we... I, I, I'm, I'm going, I don't care, it's fine with me, but we have 25 other doctors and we have to ask them what to do, okay? So we had our first day of lectures on a Sunday uh, and we discussed what we were doing and I told them, well, we're going to stay road if you guys agree to go, okay? And I explained to them that the military will take us there when they think there's a window of opportunity and they'll be with us, but there, I, I must admit that there might be some risk, okay? Um, as to what you're doing, and, and there, there's no question there's some risk. I mean, it's not like sitting at your home, although in New York City you're a lot of risk too, or Boston or wherever, the, the way it is in the world. Um, so what we did was we went around the room, there were 25 people, and we didn't embarrass people, we just said to them, listen, if anyone doesn't want to go, or feels uncomfortable, we'll get you an alternate thing to do, if enough people don't want to go, we'll, just, we'll do something else, we have something else planned. Every single person in one second said, we're going. Okay, it was like amazing. Okay, I'm uh, if that ever happens uh, with, with 25 people in the room. And the Bruria Adini, who at that time was second in command in the Ministry of Health and the most important person during disasters, who's a colonel in the IDF and one of the toughest ladies you will ever meet in your life, actually started to cry because she couldn't believe that it was like so simple and easy. There was no debate, no questions. Um, and since that time, we've been going to Stay Road as part of our course, and people, people know that we're going. Um, and, you know, I've been to this before, all the Kassam rockets and the things that happened there. Um, and, you know, the kids have to get ready. It's really a very taxing kind of situation. When we go there, you know, we actually had a missile miss our bus by about 50 yards. Um, and uh, we didn't hear the red alert, but the guy in the bus with us communicating with the, uh, with the army said, guys, you know, just to let you know, don't get nervous, but uh, so they took us to the site, and there was shrapnel with nails and ball bearings, and the most nasty, it's, it's designed to kill civilians. There's no military potential to it at all. It, it won't destroy a tank, it, won't, it will just tear people apart. That's what, they, that's what, they're, that's what we're up against. Um, and. Uh, you know, it, it happened another time we were actually davening Minfa. I, I love doing this. We go to a hilltop which overlooks the Gaza Strip, where they shoot missiles at us from Beit Hanun and all these other places, and they, they could probably see us. And we stand up there and we shuffle and we daven Minfa. And I go like this to them, usually, okay? Unfortunately, as we were coming down the hill, I heard, Tzavadol, Tzavadol. That's red alert, okay? Which means you have maybe 15 seconds, that's it, to save your life, okay? And you have to get down, you have to get into a building if you can, etc. Um, so, 
Baruch Hashem, the missile went over us, because we were so close, um, and there weren't any injuries, okay, that particular day. Um, so, uh, on a particular day, we went, you know, this is just some pictures of the, the true damage from this is not, well, 13 people have been killed in steroids. That's a lot, okay? One, one was a trial to, uh, I, I won't get into details, but they just held him and let him die because it couldn't be fixed. Okay, um, and the head of Magen David Dome there and the people who work there are, are malachim, they're amazing. That they live there and they stay there and they deal with this kind of thing. But beyond the 13 people who are killed, we're talking a population of 25,000 people with this, some days 75 rockets was like the max in, in one day, okay? So, you know, they have to run at the bomb shelters all the time. The, the psychological toll is unbelievable. You know, like 50% of the people in the city are affected. And the kids, and the kids sleep in bed with their parents, and there's bedwetting and all kinds of problems, okay? But they're working very hard. We have a lot of new stuff coming out in psychiatry to actually help people prevent this from happening. Um, we're learning a lot from steroids um, and what happens there. And, and here you see Magin David Kiro with his granddaughter, who unfortunately was hurt, but thank God she was okay. And, and again, the effects. These, many of these people, you know, had the missiles weren't near them at all, but you just, some of them get hysterical. There was, we work with a guy named Ronnie Berger, who's a clinical psychologist. He is certified Meshuggah himself. He's crazy. He's one of the people I know. One day, in the middle of all this, he, he took his car and a video camera, and he went to Steyrog, hoping there would be a lot of attacks. That was the day there were the 75 missiles. Okay? What, he, he, he didn't go hiding. He went out. And every time he heard it said by Dome, he tried to hear the missile and go to where it landed. Completely insane. Okay, so it landed in a factory, okay, which made some kind of, uh, I think it was a mattress factory. All right, and he went into the factory after it was hit, and there were about 25 women, many of them Holocaust survivors, elderly women who worked in this factory, and they were all hysterical. They, they, were, they were sitting on the ground, crying, they were trying to reach their kids, they were, I mean, they were going absolutely, I, I saw a video of it. Um, with, this is not, a lie. In 15 minutes, they were dancing like they were at a wedding. I don't know how he does it. He was amazing. He got them to calm down and to breathe slowly. He has all these techniques. He's a mala. These are the people that we encounter there. It's like it rejuvenates you. Even though it's terrible and horrible, you know, you go on these trips and you say to yourself, wow, that's why the Olam is, 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 exists, um, because of Ronnie Berger and people like that. And this is Adriana over here. She's about 72 years old. She's the chief clinical psychologist and this is in the bomb shelter during a bombing and it's not, it's about slightly smaller than this room. If people can't, are in the streets and they can't make it to their shelter or whatever, many of them come here because this is a completely encased building in cement and steel and she sometimes has 70 people in a small room and she has to try to calm them all down and she's been doing this forever and she won't leave. Okay? And she lives 20 miles away every day, back and forth. And she, she's absolutely amazing. I, I must say, two times ago that we went, she seemed clinically depressed. And I won't talk with her because she just... It's, a, it's called compassion fatigue. How long can you do this and, and work with people who are, you know, with all the sorrows? But last year she was much better right here. Okay? And I, I'm looking forward to seeing her in about uh, 10 days when I do our next trip there. Okay? Um, so so that's, that's what we do. And we see it stay rough. These are some of the pictures I showed you the kids draw. This one, the most upsetting. The Kaddish Barfu and having the Olimapa, you know, 
stop with the bombing, stop with the stuff. Okay, I'm not going to comment on that. God is always good. We just don't get it. But someday, Bezor Hashem soon will uh, all be your shine together and understand. These are the, the heroes I talk about. This is Rabbi Brundell, who has a uh, has a yeshiva there, and, and some of the guys in the army. The army guys are amazing. They do the same thing. They go in their vehicles and go to help people during attacks. Okay, uh, and, and it's incredible. It's just being in a room with them is the, is the best thing. These are teenagers work together with the younger kids and kids who have problems. They make parties and they give out sukkot. And uh, Alone Davidi, who we often meet there, who's one of my friends, he's out running for mayor. It's not a political announcement. He's running for mayor of Sterot. He's a colonel in the IDF. He's the one who forced the government by lawsuits, but they would have done it anyway to build more shelters and everything else. He's, he's amazing. And he lives there with his seven children. His wife goes all around the world to raise money for Sterot. Okay? Um, away. Okay. Um, so, some of our special projects is to help steroids. We actually built a shelter, I told you, there was a red alert. The kids, where we built the shelter, 36 kids ran into our shelter, and a Kassam hit where they were standing. They would have been torn to bits. Um, and I got a big hug from the, uh, the security guard who was there the next morning. I had no idea what he was doing. I didn't know anything happened. So I told him, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> Okay, and, uh, but it was wonderful to, to, to accomplish that. We also support the IDF canine unit, which is using search and rescue. Um, and we, during the Lebanon War, the second Lebanon War, we actually raised a lot of money for the support of the hospitals. Um, and uh, we'll do anything we can to help Israel beyond what our normal mission is, because that's our mission, and that's what we should be doing. This is the Magena of the Vida Dome headquarters in Steyrod, which is actually protected, but they don't stay there. Um, and this guy, Avi, is unbelievable. His wife was killed in a terrible car accident. He has five kids, okay, he's a single father. He used to be Ariel Sharon's, you should have a referral, uh, personal paramedic, okay? This guy has family connections, he has rich people, he can do anything he wants, he won't leave steroid. He's still there, and he does the same thing every day, and we were able to give them um, life-saving equipment as, as part of our mission. Okay, this is uh, the shelter that we built, and on it it says, you can see it, call Yisrael Arid we try to go with that, uh, that paradigm and, and all the things we do. And these are the pictures of the kids who we, uh, thank God, are alive because they went into the shelter. You, the point of this is, you can really make a difference. You know, whether it's ATF or something else, Israel has so many threats and so much service that we heard about earlier today. You can make, if you, you know, if you build a shelter and you save a life, it's amazing. Even if you gave $18, it doesn't matter. Okay? There's so many good things you can support, whether it's ATF, Zaka, Morgan David Dome, whatever it is. Okay? We try to be inclusive of supporting everyone that's working in any way with, with medicine, whether it's military medicine, whether it's Ministry of Health, with home front command, anything that we can do, we'll try to do it. Um, we also give um, grants to physicians to come to the United States, Israeli resident, Dr. Schwab, who is awesome, we just heard from, is an APF fellow. Okay? We give them money to help them get across the Atlantic to pay for their rent and things like that, so they can do fellowships, like he did okay, at Harvard, okay, in infectious disease. Then he goes back and he becomes chief of the infectious disease section of the Ministry of Health. Okay? Which is really cool. Okay? And we have very good name recognition in Israel. Everyone knows APF. I wish we had it in the United States. Why? Because we've given so many fellowships over the years, millions of dollars since the 50s, that the best 
people in Israel, many of them have been our fellows. Okay? Fifteen Israeli physicians. And they go to the best places. Harvard, you know, Yale, um, Montreal, uh, hospitals, and, you know, around the best. So here's some of the fellows. Okay? CEOs of two major medical centers, Valenson and um, Adassa, former CEO of Adassa, were our fellows. The Surgeon General of the IDF, Yitzhak Christ, who he read that statement from, he was our fellow. He was here about four years ago at Harvard in the Kennedy Center think tank for military specialists, whatever, and he's the present Surgeon General of the IDF. Okay? And he's amazing. He is, you know, Yotzei Menachal, and he, he's scary, because if you want to know, we, we meet with him, usually we go to Israel on our course, and he told us that he used to have one front to worry about, two fronts to worry about, now it's everywhere. He said they can get us from any side, we have Iran far away, we have Syria, we have Lebanon, we have Gaza with Hamas, we have Egypt. He said I have to now, instead of deploying in one place or two places with medical personnel, I have to deploy possibly at four borders. Okay? They right now have finished building and uh, creating an Israeli medical school for the IDF, specifically to train physicians for the IDF. Um, we have helped out in that endeavor. We wish we could do more. Okay? Um, and they, they, they do amazing things. They have built a Palestinian city. My wife would hit me. She doesn't like me using the word Palestinian. Um, uh, she, uh, they built a city so that they could do fighting okay, simulations and rescue simulations. So it's a complete like Arab village, and they put in you know like guys to act as terrorists and things like that, and they go through the city. Work, that's how they do so well in hand-to-hand -hand combat and within cities. Okay, it's scary that we have to do this, but it, and it costs a fortune of money. Let me tell you, but they're doing it. Okay, the director of medical research for the IDF, Yossi Mandel, awesome. He's one of our fellows. He's just finished at Stanford. What is he working on? He's working on an artificial retina. You ever heard of macular degeneration? It's very actually common. It's a couple of percent of the population when they get older. They actually, my, my, unfortunately, my wife's aunt has it, and she's pretty much legally blind. It's terrible, and it's pretty common. Okay? This is an artificial retina. What it is, they've taken rats, they've obliterated their eyes, okay, their retina, and they put this little film, which is kind of like a computer screen, in their eye, Okay, put it in, hook it up, and they can see you. Okay? God willing, this will be available soon to humans. Okay? That's Yossi. Okay? And he's doing a ton of other research, but that's what we are supporting as far as that goes. He's also working on freeze-dried blood. Bizarre. Okay? So if you're, if you're in Unit 669, and you're a soldier in the field or whatever, right, and someone has a terrible wound and they're bleeding to death, you can give them all the fluid you want, which is what we do now, which is showing it doesn't really work medically. So what they're going to be able to give them is freeze-dried blood. They'll have it in their, in their pack. It's very, it's very small. Like one unit will be a little packet. And all they have to do is add water to it. And you can give yourself a self-transfusion. Your buddy can give you a transfusion in the field immediately. And that's close to production. Okay? Really amazing, you know, science fiction kind of stuff is, is going on and it's very cool. Um, the director of search and rescue Okay, is an IDF fellow who trained at, uh, he's a uh, pediatric intensivist. Uh, he trained in Colorado children. And chief medical officer of the Home Front Command, my best friend in Israel, Boaz Todmore, was an IDF fellow also. Uh, a APF fellow, sorry. Okay, so we try to toot that horn because they're the best of the best. 
Um, we also do a lot for nursing. We have a special order for nurses. If there's a special need of nurses in Israel to be trained in whatever, extracorporeal membrane oxygenation or certain techniques, whatever, this brings them to the States, trains them, and they go back and teach other nurses. Okay? We really want to expand this. Our, our goal is to really expand it in the nursing arena uh, much more. We do intensive care training, specialty training for them. Um, and there's a, another amazing person, Gila Himes, who's at uh, Rambam. She has developed a course which is the best in the world for nurses and doctors. It's a trauma course. Okay? And we're close to bringing it to the United States. Okay? It's, a, it's a very intense three to four day course. But once you take it, you really have the skills to deal with this with any kind of bad event. And uh, that's one of the things we're working on very uh, aggressively at this point. Okay, students. We don't forget students. And we have something called Taglit for medical students. Okay? We send about 50 medical students every year to Israel on a birthright mission. They do the regular stuff, hang out, have a good time, go to parties, walk to climb mountains. But they spend time in Israeli hospitals and they meet with Israeli medical students and get a real flavor. Many of them have now decided to do medical school in Israel if they, have, if they, if they were students, pre-med students also. And others have decided to do it in terms of residencies there as well. So we, it's a good bridge and, and it's keeping the young people, which is really what we need. Okay, then we have emergency and disaster course and this is probably not going to work. On November 6th, election day in the USA, a delegation of 20 American doctors came to Rambam Healthcare Campus in Haifa, Northern Israel. The delegates are members of the American Physicians Fellowship for Medicine in Israel. Most are Jewish American Zionist doctors who have joined together to help the Israeli medical system. There are called emergency medical volunteers that are supposed to come here during times of need. And if something happens and we need some support, these people already signed in and the volunteers come to Israel. The organization gives fellowships to Israeli doctors for advanced training abroad, but one of its main goals is to prepare American doctors to come to Israel in an emergency to work as medical system volunteers. During their visit to Rambam, the doctors were given a survey of the hospital's emergency network and toured the emergency room at the nearly complete, fortified, underground emergency hospital. But this is a parking lot. Normally. I think it uh, extremely impacted uh, just how you're able to turn a whole parking garage within two days into a full-fledged hospital. I have actually a lot of family that live here in Haifa, and it gives me peace of mind knowing that because I remember the war from six years ago uh, and calling them every night, finding out that everyone's okay to see everyone know that they will have this place to be secure and safe. And uh, it's just amazing the ability here within just a quick time frame, talking only five years, to realize the need and to see it in fruition is amazing. The American doctors promised that they would come to Israel to help in crisis, for example, by taking the place of Israeli surgeons and other doctors who have been called to the battlefront. Just a small snippet. We, we don't just work at Rambam, we work at Lignano Hospital, Philly Underground Hospital. We've done uh, drills at multiple hospitals. We go to Sharetzedek Hospital. Um, and um, 
Okay. So, um, so we work, we try to go everywhere. Um, that's for those 2,000 beds. Okay. You guys know Columbia Presbyterian, Cornell, etc. It's bigger than that. That's above ground. This is underground. The, the, the enormity of it is ridiculous. A thousand of the beds are special for chemical weapons victims, with special econ units, etc. It's very aggravating to me that we have to do this. Why are we spending money when our enemies should be just taken care of? But you know, we we believe in Hatzalos Nefashos. Okay, Los and you know. Hashavah Sadega, save someone's life, give it back to him, that's basically why. So Israel spends probably more money than anyone in the world on civilian medical preparedness. It's crazy. Every hospital is building underground. I work at the Nato Hospital. We're building a 350-bed underground hospital and a new ER. You can't build in Israel anymore without the Home Front Command saying, this much cement, that much iron, etc., because we want to protect the population. We shouldn't need it, God forbid. Okay. Um, we participate in a lot of drills when we go to Israel, which are fun. I mean, God forbid you should ever really need to do this. I talked about the Homeland Security drill. This is uh, this, you know, pseudo-terrorist, not a real person, and this is a high school in Israel. They take it very real, guys. In Homeland Security, we had bleachers set up, like a ballpark, and they took 120 Homeland Security people and the APF force and other people so they could sit and watch this entire drill. It was amazing. Amazing. Okay, so the terrorist comes in, he throws his chemical weapon, um, people start falling on the ground, you can see here, etc. And then guys come and protect him here um, to both kill the terrorists, to you know, defeat the terrorists, and help the victims. This is the Israeli EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, figuring out what the chemical weapon is. This is within minutes, okay, and it would happen for real. Okay, this is the special units that come fully geared up and ready to take and fight terror. Okay, there were, by the way, there were helicopters flying all over the place, which I, I didn't get good pictures of. Um, and this is where there's a, an area where everyone kind of gets together to discuss what's going on, home from command. Then, we not only did it at the high school, we brought the victims back to the hospital. And then we deconned them. This is a nice idea of soldiers allowing us to stay. It was 100 degrees, so it wasn't a problem. Okay? <laughs> he was very happy. He was actually a pain in the butt. He was yelling and all kinds of sticks. He was joking around. He shouldn't have been joking. But anyway, but, but we take it really for real. And by the way, working these suits for five or ten minutes in 100 degrees, it's very taxing, okay? And we do this as part of the drill. Obviously, if someone doesn't feel we don't do it, and you've got to drink, 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 drink. But they have blowers in there to blow some air on you, but it's not easy. It's really, and you need a lot of training. Okay, this is an IDF military simulation. This is not real. This guy's okay. He looks terrible, but he's okay. But they have a terrorist run up in an IDF military base and start shooting people, not for real, okay? And they go down and they put real big IDs into the day. They have to practice, they have to do this for real. When we go to these bases, these guys, we have cameras who look like Japanese tourists, okay? It's like they go, what are you doing here? What is this? And I tell them, with doctors in the United States, and we volunteer to come back, and they, they usually, some of them start to cry, and they say, Classic comment is, does anyone really care about us? Are you telling us the truth? Okay, it's important that they know that we care. It really is. Because these guys put their minds in the lives every time. This is just a part of the drill. Okay, this is the search and rescue team that we uh, sometimes drill with as well, which is really a lot of fun. They put, they have like this mini buildings in city, and they actually put victims inside it, and you have to get them out. Okay, uh, and you have to use high heavy equipment and all kinds of stuff. It's amazing how they can extract people literally within minutes. 
Magen David Adon we work with very closely as well. We get joint lectures and things like that, which are awesome. And Magen David Adon is, again, amazing group of people to work with. They're super well trained for everything. Um, this is, we get to have these unique experiences. This boy, boy, this young man, um, was the second Gaza War, okay? He was a commander of a, a small platoon. He got married four days before going to battle, okay? And his father is a rub in Israel, he wrote an article, and the army said, you know what, you just got married, it's okay, you don't have to go, okay? It's kind of like halacha, except for a Muhammad mitzvah, you probably have to go anyway, but they would have let him not go, okay? He said, nonsense, I'm going, okay? So he went, um, and they were going into a house, and he said, guys, you stay there, I'm going to check it out first, okay? And unfortunately, there's a tripwire, and a bomb blew up, and I won't show you the pictures. His brain was literally out of his head, okay? And he was flown to Haifa, which has the best neurosurgical center, which is where this, uh, this was taken. Um, and um, the neurosurgeon there was a Daki guy I mentioned earlier, and he, was, he said there's, there's no chance, zero chance. He's basically dead. Um, we'll let the residents, you know, the students, you know, close him up. I'll be here, I'll watch. And then he got this thing in his head which said, Hinani Ani, he got it for the, for the Kahal on Yom Kippur. Um, and he, he said, I'll do it, I, I have to, I, you know, God's giving me some kind of message that I'm the one. And he made it. You know, he was in the hospital for like six months, he had to learn how to talk and how to walk and everything. He came to say hello to us. It was the most amazing thing, okay? What did he say to us? We asked him, what, is he, what, what do you want to do? He said, I want to go back to my unit and leave my unit. And he'll, I'm sure he'll do it, okay? He, guys, amazing. Incredible people. This is Unit 669, which saves people who are in the battlefield. Uh, again, a bunch of crazies. They jump out of these helicopters on steel ropes, sometimes not with parachutes. Um, they plan to get a patient evacuated within 45 seconds. Okay, from a battlefield. I had the privilege to work with somebody for five years on my pediatric grant who used to be a 669 member. He was actually there, second Lebanon war, with 28 guys never were killed. Many were injured, and he extracted five guys on his helicopter. With, they were shooting missiles and rockets, and his helicopter was hit over Israeli territory. Okay, they were able to land. He helped, instead of holding on himself, he held on to all these patients and was playing with the IVs and he got this huge medal. But these are, these are, and he's like, ah, why did they give it to me? I didn't do anything. You know, they're heroes everywhere. Amir Blumenfeld, our executive director in Israel, is um, a colonel in the IDF, he's no longer in duty, he's completely done. Every time there's a problem, he's there. Okay? Second Lebanon War, he went to the front. There was a patient, there's a picture of him at Rambag Moscow tracking a patient who would have died. He did it at the front, he saved his life, okay? We, we love him there. He leads the course. I have the privilege of being in the same bus with him for four or five days. He's awesome. Okay, this is former head of Home Front Command, Yo Bales and Hospital, former affiliate of Boaz Tadmor, the gentle giant, they say. Okay, Guria Dini, who I told you about, who cried when we said, go, this is Daniel Lior, used to be in charge of preparedness. Uh, Boaz Tadmor never ever told me the story. I'm like really best friends with him in Israel, I, I, you know, whatever. He was in Sayyarat HaMakal, which is the unit that Netanyahu and his brother and Ehud Barak are in. It's the most elite unit in Israel. It's called Reconnaissance Special Forces. Um, he was the doctor for that unit. In Israel, 
special forces units go to battle with physicians. Not, not, not you know, just like medical nurses and stuff like that, EMTs and paramedics, doctors, real doctors, because we have to be able to save those guys. Okay? So he was in a battle in Lebanon, first Lebanon war, okay, and they were landing guys um, from helicopters, you know, that were jumping out, right, and also parachuting in. One of them landed in a minefield, okay, and had a bad injury. Lunatic Boaz, okay, leaves where he was, which is perfectly safe, ran into the minefield, okay, traked the patient, okay, which is a medical procedure, carried him out on his back. Okay, he never tells anyone the story. You always have to hear it from somebody else. Okay, this is the quality of people. And they have stories too, but they, you know, they won't tell us. Okay, this is Boaz. Makes me cry. There's a in Haifa. There's a place which is a memorial for dead chayalei um, rufua. Anyone who's working in Rafua, whether it's doctors, medics, etc., and this is him pointing out the soldiers under his command that died, and he usually starts to cry because it's very upsetting. Okay, that he sent them into a battle and they didn't make it. Israel often loses medics. Uh, in Jenin, there were 13 medics killed. Okay, that terrible incident. They were medics. Okay, they try their best to help them. If you go, if you see a um, uh, Israeli tank, a Merkava tank, which is their best tank, Merkava fours and threes. It has a hatch in the back. Okay, what's that for? It's to take people on stretchers inside and medics during battle. Okay, so they protect it. No one else does that. It's like amazing. Again, Atzal and Nefashot is the most important thing. This is our group. We usually go from the bottom of the country to the top. This is right near the Lebanese border. It's actually on the Lebanese border. We usually uh, yell bad things at the UN troops. I, I'll never agree to admit to saying that. Okay, but these are these are people who come on our course, and uh, we have a graduation ceremony. This this is a graduation ceremony of a lot of pilots at Latrun. Latrun major memorial for all the tank people who lost battles in tank and infantry. It's unfortunately rows and rows of rows of thousands and thousands of people. But these, we had our graduation the same time they did, which was awesome. Uh, and we actually, uh, when you finish the course, you get a uh, oath of the IDF medical officer, and uh, it's very moving, and everyone's crying and whatever. But it's, uh, we hope that people who take the course will volunteer to go back if there's a war guard for a bit or something. We hope they'll never meet us, but I'm and the group is kind of on call in case something happens. And uh, we went there at the end of the Second Lebanon War, um, and that's this registry that we maintain to bring doctors there, and we train them in this. But we're not going to be doing this. The soldiers and the people know what they're doing. We're going to just cause trouble if we get these chemicals. But we learn how to do it. We're going to do our civilian jobs. If I'm a pediatrician, I'll be starting my being taking care of kids in the clinic, whatever, so that the soldiers can go and do their job. Okay, that's us during the Second Lebanon War, visiting one of the hostels which uh, went underground. Okay, this is Yitzhak Christ. This is the Surgeon General of the IDF. This is our present president of the APF. Uh, and, you know, we work together with them very closely. Okay, in the future we hope to expand to not just doctors, but first responders, uh, paramedics, EMTs, mental health providers, uh, nursing, more EMP programs, more fellowships, and do anything we can. I urge you to 
You know, if you're physicians or you know physicians, tell them about us. That would be very helpful. There's some brochures here and stuff like that. But, but if, if you're not physicians, whatever, take it from me. They need help, okay? Do what you can. Help Eretz Yisrael, help Am Yisrael, and uh, we'll have Mashiach soon. We'll be, we'll be good. I'll be out of a job, and I'll be great. Okay, thank you very much. If anyone has questions, feel free to come up. And if you want to just take some information you can give to other people, that would be uh, appreciated. Thank you.